Welcome to Our Shoreline, Your Horizon, a podcast by Dan Casey, featuring business and economic development news from St. Clair County, Michigan. Stretch your horizons in the beautiful shoreline communities of St. Clair County, home to one of the nation's busiest international border crossings. Learn more at edascc.com. Hello, I'm Dan Casey with the Economic Development Alliance of St. Clair County, Michigan, and welcome to the EDA's Our Shoreline, Your Horizon podcast where we explore economic development trends, St. Clair County communities, and interesting companies. Today, Bruce Seymour, Vice President of the Economic Development Alliance, is my guest, and we will be chatting about the role of business retention and expansion programs in economic development. Now, for those people who don't understand what that means, it's basically the bread and butter of what economic development is. It's sort of like our baseline. Hopefully, after today's talk, you'll have a better insight into the importance of these programs and how communities and businesses benefit from them. So, Bruce, first of all, thanks for coming on the podcast. And this is the first time we've had another EDA person on with me. Oh, I feel honored about that. So, this could go really badly or really well. (laughs) Hopefully, it goes really well. Why don't you start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got into economic development? Sure. I uh, I was born in Saginaw. Our family moved to Port Huron when I was quite young. So I grew up here in uh, Port Huron, so very familiar with our area. Went to Michigan State uh, University, graduated, and then I was one of those individuals who left the area. Moved away to Washington, D.C., where I lived there for 17 years. I uh, worked in a ver- variety of different uh, nonprofits uh, doing marketing and membership uh, work uh, with them. And then in 2004, I decided to move back to our area, to Port Huron. And I was able to uh, find uh, the position with the Economic Development Alliance then. So I've done two stints with the uh, EDA. My first stint was as the director of attraction. And I did that for about uh, four years. Then I left and went up to the state of Michigan and worked with the Michigan Economic Development Corporation for five years, covering various uh, regions of the state and also serving as the General Motors account executive for uh, the state of Michigan. And then in 2013, I uh, returned back to the EDA where I have my uh, current position doing the uh, business uh, retention and expansion efforts. Someone once asked me, what is economic development? And I feel that economic development lays the foundation for a better tomorrow for the residents that we serve. We bring in opportunities. We bring in new jobs. We create a better working environments and better communities uh, for our residents, all for their benefits. And so it's a wonderful way to give back to our communities. And it's a very rewarding career. Yeah, I won't disagree with any of that. The way that I usually describe it is it's about wealth generation. It's helping people to have prosperous lives, right? And also communities so that they can provide the services that people want. And then lastly, businesses right? Because we all need the jobs that they provide in the community, and therefore we want those businesses to be successful. So it's really, it's about prosperity. Absolutely. And and one of the things that I think that uh, we do well with at the Economic Development Alliance is that we see it as it can be a win-win-win for all three of those groups, for residents, for businesses, and for communities. They don't need to compete against one another. They don't need to look to see who can win over one of the others. All three can benefit when they come together and work uh, in concert uh, for the overall good of our communities. Yeah, absolutely agree with that. So let's dive into 
what you do day to day for EDA, which is you manage our retention and expansion programs. So retention, basically what we're talking about is retaining businesses in the community that might be at risk. And expansion is assisting businesses who have opportunities to make investments or create jobs or hopefully both. So first of all, let's talk a little bit about those programs and what they entail. I work you know, mainly with our St. Clair County businesses. Any business can tap into our services. And as you say, it's to help them help themselves. Our companies for our manufacturers or for retail or for hospitals or healthcare, whoever it is, they know how to do their work. They know how to produce their widgets, how to sell their items. But sometimes it's that business side that they're not as uh, uh, confident in. And that's where we can come in and provide support. We talk to them about uh, programs that are available for them, different grant opportunities that might be available. There are a wealth of services and uh, partner resources, partner organizations out there that can come in and work with a company, most at no cost, to support their overall efforts. And so I like to tell people that I know about uh, three feet deep into a whole bunch of projects and programs, but then I know where to go for those deeper dives when a company needs additional support and assistance. And so I have a very thick Rolodex, for those who remember what Rolodexes are, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, can tap into a wider range of specialists and uh, partners who can then go and do that deep dive work with those businesses. Yeah, I often describe it as we're a resource of resources, meaning that we may not have the answers, but hopefully we know the people that do, and our job is to connect them. Absolutely. Right? And, and that's it. It's a lot of connections. A lot of uh, the economic development that we that we do now has changed over the course of the 20 years that I've been in it, and uh, uh, you have as well, Dan. You know, when we first started, economic development in the business uh, retention and expansion programs were basically expansion programs. Uh, you help a company expand. You did a tax abatement for the investments that they're making. That has changed. That's uh, we have seen that uh, slowly change over the course of the years, but it really accelerated during the pandemic where we became workforce specialists to identify where companies can start to tap into uh, finding the workforce that they need. Uh, we have been working hand-in-hand uh, hand with our child care specialists in the area to find more and uh, more affordable child care options for our working families. Um, you know, and, and it just goes on and on what, we've been, uh, what we now move into and what we now provide to our businesses to help them uh, grow and succeed. One of the things that we do is we take calls from companies that need some kind of a service or, or a referral. So for example, a company will say, listen, we've got this new equipment in, uh, our rigging company that we hired is on another job and we need to replace them right away. We got to get this equipment up and running. Do you know any other companies that do that? Right. And so when I said earlier, resource of resources, that's what it is. So one of the things that we do is because we're building a network of all these companies that do these different kinds of jobs or, or uh, services, we'll connect them together, right? We, or we'll send out a request to other companies in the area and we'll say, who do you know that does the following thing? And then they'll send us those referrals and then we'll, we'll send them on to the company that had the original request. And, and then, you know, when Magna came to town, for example, this isn't a retention per se, but it's another example of providing that a similar kind of service, you know, while they were building their plant, they needed um, to bring some equipment in by rail. And so we connected them up to a company that had a rail spur. And that 
allowed them to bring their equipment in in a pretty affordable way close to the plant and, and so forth. So that's just a couple examples. We've also had situations where power went out at plants and they call and they're like, oh, who do we talk to? Like, we need to get this up and running right away or we need to get a portable generator. Absolutely. And then it goes you know, even beyond those immediate needs to helping them start to see trends that are occurring in the business community. One of the programs that uh, we're heavily involved in is bringing Industry 4.0 to our manufacturers to help prepare them for this next stage in manufacturing to where information, automation will be more integrated into their operations. And as these programs were being rolled out and being adopted, a lot of companies just didn't know anything about it. They were too busy just making sure they met their uh, current contractual uh, needs and serving their current customers. And so we're going in and showing them, you know, how this can benefit their operations, how it can uh, increase efficiencies, how it can uh, start to transition some of their workers not out of their shop, but into higher paying jobs to service those robots and to uh, take care of the IT needs that are there. And so, you know, there is that educational aspect to what we do. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit like a consulting role. Absolutely. Way, except yes. we don't get paid for it. No, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or another way to look at it, too, is, you know, to paraphrase Chuck Woolery, you know, we make business connections, you know, with, uh, you know, for, for the businesses. And they can call us on anything. And, you know, just as you've indicated, we do get all sorts of calls and are looking for assistance on just about anything. And we'll try and help you. Yep. So in our traditional program, we have an annual goal of trying to do 120 retention visits with existing companies. And we have a, a list of who they are. And those are typically the bigger employers in the community. We're not as worried about a hospital, for example, because they have all kinds of people and resources, and they're probably not going to up and move, right, somewhere else. But pretty much everybody else, you know, that are the type of companies that we'll meet with. What I'd like you to do, though, is kind of walk through a typical retention visit and how that goes. Okay. Think about a retention visit as, you know, um, as an annual f- checkup with a doctor. You know, a business is a, is a living entity. And so on an annual basis, people go in and see their doctors to see what's, uh, what's going on with themselves. And that's what we do with a retention visit. We go in and listen. That's the number one thing. We listen to the company. We hear what they're saying about themselves, what uh, challenges they might be facing, what opportunities they have for growth. What are some of the things that are concerning them or keeping them up at night? And, uh, you know, we hear what they're saying. And then if there's programs that are available, we will then connect them up with those programs and services to support those operations. Normally, you know, in a retention visit, those last about an hour. And the company themselves will speak for about 45 minutes of that. Maybe I'll go for 15, you know, because it really is an opportunity to listen to them to hear what, uh, where they're at, and also to kind of get a sense for where our overall economy is heading. The companies, you know, if we hear uh, time and again, if, a company, you know, if companies are doing well, then we feel that our economy is strong and going to grow. But if we're starting to hear, you know, concerns uh, that there's going to be layoffs, if there's any, that's an indication that uh, we might be in for some trouble ahead. And so that gives us uh, the opportunity to start to prepare and start to identify programs that we can bring into play when we have a downturn in the economy. So it really is a way to kind of put our ears to the ground and hear what's happening firsthand in the business community. 
Right. So, and we gather data points from wherever they come from, right? So part of it comes from those visits with companies. Part of it comes from looking at economic forecasts or just the daily news. So we have an understanding of what's, what's happening out there in the marketplace. And so one example of programs that are relate to our retention and expansion effort is this current year. Last year, when we set our, our work plan, our goals for 2023, we had some concerns based on that data and based on feedback we were getting from companies that we might be headed towards a recession. It might be a mild recession. It might not. We didn't know. And we, you and I have been in doing this for a long time. So we've been through recessions before. Exactly. Right. And we know pretty much what to expect and, and what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And so we started scheduling training programs and information programs for businesses that would help them start thinking about how do I react? How do if, I weather this uh, downturn that yes. could, uh, could impact us? And, uh, because well, the last thing we want to hear is a company is closing their doors. Once we hear that news, we know it's too late. And we don't want to hear that. We want to be called in in advance you know, to talk to them, to see if there's things that we can bring to them to help them change and, and move into you know, a more positive ter- direction. You know, just as you said, as we were looking at, uh, you know, possible uh, uh, economic downturn, you know, we brought in diversification programs, ways that companies can uh, utilize their current operations, but uh, grow their customer base beyond what they're already doing. So we tell companies over and again, we don't want you to drop current customers, but enlarge the pool that you're serving. You know, think of a pie, you know, just make a bigger pie so that you continue to service with what the, the ingredients that you already have. And so that's one of the examples, you know, that we did a number of programs to help companies start to diversify and to prepare in case there was. Luckily, we did not experience one this year. Doesn't look like there's going to be one now. And so we're very pleased that uh, we did it. But the companies still benefit from those programs. It's not like they can just, you know, they don't have to worry about it. They get some new customers, they get new resources. It'll help weather any future downturns and grow into the future. And during the 2009 and 2010 recession, I know that's going back a little ways, but that was the last big recession that we, that we had, that yep. we experienced. And one of the, the outcomes of that was companies were trying to diversify their customer base, which is what you just talked about, but they're also trying to, to diversify the industries that they serve. So in mm-hmm. other words, they're going from, you know, we support, we're an engineering company, we typically do manufacturing, now we're going to do you know, biomedical or something else. And so part of our job is to help them begin to imagine what that transition looks like. And so there were a lot of lessons learned back in 2009 mm-hmm. and 2010 that we're bringing forward today so that if we do have another recession or something like that in the future, that we, we can better advise companies on how to be responsive, how to think ahead. And probably the most important thing I learned during that time period was resourcing it. Like you can't go and diversify your industry sector and bring in new customers without putting people behind it. Right. And if you don't have the resources to have someone who's focused on that, it's not going to work. Exactly. You know, and also too, there has to be that commitment. And that's one of the things that we talk to companies about. You know, as they're looking at it, we want to make sure that they have the buy-in from the top level all the way down. Because if you don't have that buy-in to make those type of uh, those required changes that you need, to weather it, then the people that are below you aren't going to buy into it as well. And you're not going to have the success that you need. So last question, and I can't believe how quickly time goes on this podcast, (laughs) but 
not everything is a success, right? In economic development, we have situations where companies close their doors, right? Or where they close down a facility, whatever kind of facility it is. And we, so we've had some of those. We had uh, just thinking in the last uh, two or three years, Dom Tar paper closed, Dunn paper closed last year. Recently, we had Grupo Antolin closed mm-hmm. their doors. Right. Let's talk a little bit about how we assist companies in those situations. One of the things that we want to do is to connect up and to provide resources to those employees. We don't want them to have to go through a difficult time in finding their new career. And so the first thing we do, again, you know, as we talked about earlier, you know, is pull together our partners. We go in and sit down with the company and lay out uh, uh, the resources that we can bring into them to help in the transition of those workers into new local careers. And so we'll have a meeting. We have our uh, partners from our Macomb St. Clair, Michigan Works Office, the Michigan Economic Development Corporation, the uh, Unemployment uh, Insurance Agency. We all will go in, sit down. Our partners at Michigan Works can bring in on-site workshops to uh, assist those uh, their employees in resume writing and in uh, interviewing skills to uh, prepare them. Oftentimes, like at uh, the two paper t- companies, they had employees who were there for uh, you know, 30, 40 years, and so they hadn't done a resume um, you know, forever. So they needed to have that in order to find a new career. Uh, the Unemployment Insurance Agency talks about how they have resources to help uh, with that, uh, those employees during that transitional time. And then what uh, we do at the Economic Development Alliance is schedule an on-site job fair for those employees. We reach out to our area companies who have hiring needs, find out what positions they're hiring for, and then take them and uh, put them into the company on their, uh, the factory floor so that they can meet with those employees. Normally, the company will take a break from their operations and allow all the employees to go in, mix and mingle, network with those uh, hiring employees, and we look to make those connections so that when the end of production occurs, they already have their next careers lined up. And we've been very fortunate to have a lot of companies who are overly eager to meet with those employees, to uh, connect with them, you know, and to offer them new careers. So it's an unfortunate situation when a company does close their doors. We're never happy to see that. But what we try to do is to make that transition for those workers as easy as possible. I prefer to look at it as an opportunity. It's, so it's an opportunity for those workers to move into different jobs and potentially even better themselves, right, if the jobs that they take are higher paying. Mm-hmm. It's also an opportunity from the standpoint of it might free up a building that, that another company could then come in and occupy in the future. So those things are unfortunate. They are going to happen. But we're here for the, the big picture and for the long term. And so res- being responsive, I think, is the, the key thing. But ultimately, the goal is to make it a success for everyone involved. Absolutely. Um, and that's, you know, again, you know, working hand in hand. I've yet to have a company that was closing reject any of those uh, services. They are very concerned about their employees. They want to see them continue to succeed. I've often had to, you know, hug HR managers as they're going through that difficult time. So, you know, it, it's good to know that they know that they've got a resource in the Economic Development Alliance to assist them um, and their workers. So that is a good way to end the podcast today. That's a snapshot of business retention and expansion. There's a lot more to it. 
but that gives people at home an idea of, of what it is that we do with that program and why it's so important. Last point I want to make, on an annual basis, I would say on average, 80% of the economic development benefit you see comes from companies that are already located in your backyard who are expanding, investing, or reinvesting, and, and adding jobs. And so that's why these programs are so critical. Absolutely. As you said at the very start, you know, this is the bread and butter of economic development. You know, the businesses that are already here, they're here, they're going to continue to be here, and they're going to continue to grow. And so we want to make sure that they've got the best opportunity to do so. Bruce, thanks for being on the podcast with me today. Thank you, Also, for all of your years of of dedication to the profession and also the EDA and the community, most importantly. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate that. Yeah. So I always end the podcast by reminding people that the EDA's programs and services are made possible by the various companies that are members of our organization. So I want to thank you once again for your financial support and also just the support that you give us as an organization that allows us to do our work. And so a lot of businesses benefit from it, communities benefit, and ultimately people benefit. So thank you. You can learn more about the EDA and our programs and services by visiting our website at edascc.com. I'm Dan Casey with the EDA of St. Clair County, and I hope you'll join me again for the next podcast of Our Shoreline, Your Horizon. Thanks for listening. To hear more, visit the podcast page at WGRT.com or find Our Shoreline, Your Horizon on your favorite podcast app.